Hallelujah. Let's turn to Jeremiah 29, please. Turn right to the Word and have a couple scriptures. Hope you don't mind. One's Old Testament, one's New Testament. Jeremiah 29, and then um, and then First uh, uh, John in the New Testament. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Wednesday nights are good for us. Time to feed on the Word. Feed from His presence. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Our dear Heavenly Father, there's one thing that's true about every believer in this service tonight. We have the same Father. We came from You. We're going back to You, Father. We love Your Word. We love this atmosphere. We love one another, Lord, and we hate the devil. We hate this worldly system, Lord, and this world is not our home. We're just traveling through. Lord, inspire us tonight, God. Just may there be healing here in this building, deliverance, help, Lord, counsel. You are our Heavenly Father, and we love you dearly, Jesus. Oh, Lord, as I was just looking at a quote from your prophet, that you're not a, some dark serpent hanging over us or someone with a, a whip hanging over our head. You're a wonderful Father. We love you. We love your voice. We love your counsel. We love your admonition. Just when you're around us, you have our attention. I want to give you glory tonight, Lord, and give you praises. Inspire every heart. Feed our souls. I pray you'd come in a very special way. Our, our hearts, if there's any distraction, may it just be brought now into your presence. I pray, Jesus, any nervousness, fears, or question, we just leave it at this altar. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Jeremiah 29, verse 11. Real, real familiar scripture. God was speaking through uh, Jeremiah. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. Amen. God has a plan for your life. And it's good. Verse 12. Then shall you call upon me, and ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. And ye shall seek me and find me, when ye shall search for me with all your heart. Tonight we're speaking on possessing the heart of God. When you seek Him and you find Him, when you search for Him with all your heart. And I will be found of you, saith the Lord, and I will turn away your captivity. Notice who's saying all of this. I will, I will, saith the Lord. I will turn away your captivity. And I will gather you from the nations and from all the places. That's every person, every believer, all the places. Denominations, nations, and all the places. Whither I have driven you, saith the Lord, and I will bring you again into the place whence I caused you to be carried away captive. 1 John chapter 3, if you have strength to stand, 1 John chapter 3, it's 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, Jude, Revelation in the New Testament. 1 John 3, verse 18, as John was um, an elder brother at that time, speaking um, as it was to the flock of God. Such wonderful words. If you read 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, he used the word beloved 
more often than any other writer in those uh, chapters. My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Amen? This verse is amazing because he's not saying not to love in word or in tongue, but he's emphasizing we should love in deed and in truth. So it's to carry out what you say with your tongue and what you speak in words to carry it out in your deeds and in your life. And hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. In other words, this is how you assure your heart before the Lord is when you walk in truth. If our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then have we confidence toward God. And whatsoever we ask, this is very important for tonight's service, verse 22, after receiving the heart of God, then begin to speak, begin to ask. He loves you. He wants to hear you ask. Amen. He he also likes to hear you say amen to his word. So when you hear the word, it's good to just respond however the Lord is dealing in your heart. But now when when we receive his heart, If whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. And he that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him, and he in him And hereby we know that he abideth in us by the spirit which he hath given us. Hallelujah. We're happy tonight. It's our Wednesday night service to gather around the carcass. Wherever the word is, that's where we're gathered. God bless you. You can have your seats tonight as we look into some of these things. Brother Michael Ray did very good last Wednesday night. 40, 45 minutes. I thought that was just wonderful. Amen. And Brother Tom's been giving us a good example. So, amen. Let's have another good example tonight. And, and uh, we'll be out before midnight. <clears throat> Do you remember what happened in the book of Acts when that, that young man was sitting in that high window uh, and, and Paul got longer and longer and longer and the young, the young brother fell asleep into a deep sleep, the Bible says. And he ended up down on the ground and he actually passed away. Paul just went down there, laid hands on him, and carried on with the meeting. The Bible says all night, actually. So we're not going to do that tonight. I, I didn't say that to say we're going to have a long service. But we're thankful to the Lord Jesus. The reason that we read Jeremiah 29, 11, actually it came during, it was, it was kind of amazing, during one of the graduation times in the last uh, month through June. I think it was actually the young children's. Uh, awards evening, or it might have been the morning awards for the pre-K to grade six. And they sang a little song, uh, Jeremiah 29, about how God has a plan for your life. And that's Jeremiah 29:11. I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. And I just wrote that in my notes. It just as I was preparing for tonight, it triggered back to that, um, that verse. And I wanted to say this tonight as we go into our summer. God has a plan for you. Yes. 
and his plan is good. Amen. I, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, and, and the things that are part of God's plan, it's a good plan. And we need to thank the Lord for that. It's thoughts of peace and not of evil to give us an expected end. Just wanted to start the service with that as we speak on possessing the heart of God. If you'd like to turn back to 1 John chapter 3 together, and we're going to look at this a little bit more on the heart of God. 1 John chapter 3 again, verse 19. Who desires to have the heart of God? Some of you do. Amen. That's good. I, I know all of us do. Amen. It's the heart of the believer is to have the heart of God. We're going to talk a little bit maybe more openly about that tonight. 1 John 3.19. John wrote this. Hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. If our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. So that's why we need the heart of God. The word of God has come to give us a new heart, to give us, to turn our hearts. If our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. Verse 21, beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then have we confidence toward God. Or that word confidence goes back to verse 19. Our hearts are assured before him when there's no con condemnation in our lives. I was thinking as I prepared for this service, is it possible to have the heart of God? I know some things might seem to be very simple, but just think about this. Is it possible for a sister to have the heart of God? Is it possible for a brother to have the heart of God? In fact, someone might ask, does God even have a heart? Because we know that he's a spirit. And those that worship Him, worship Him in spirit and in truth. Does God have a heart? Absolutely God has a heart. The heart is His, is his Word. And if the heart of God, now think of the heart of God, was in a person, what would that person be like? What would they act like? If the heart of God was in a sister, what would they act like? Is that a fair question? If the heart that is in God was in a brother, what would they be like? What would they talk like? What would they think like through the day? What would be their goals? What would be their attitudes? If the heart of God was in the person, what would their faith be like? I believe we've heard from a prophet that spoke to us on perfect faith that the heart of God in a believer would be perfect or mature. Do you believe that tonight? If the heart of God is in you, then what kind of grace would he have in, in the believer? What kind of love would he manifest? I was thinking about this, and we could go back to the Old Testament and talk about the Old Testament, how different ones portrayed the heart of God. We could talk about Jesus and how he was the heart of God. All that was uh, God above the people he poured into Christ. And all that was in Christ, he's poured into a body. We believe that. So the body possesses the heart of God. We could speak about the New Testament and many things throughout the New Testament, how they conveyed the heart of God. They possessed it. 
down through the seven church ages. Brother Branham spoke to us about down through the seven ages. They were anointed for their day. They had the heart of God. They were anointed to carry the word for their day. We could speak about Brother Branham. And I believe he had the heart of God. He conveyed the heart of God. He conveyed the heart of God in, in word form and in spirit so that a people receiving that word could say, I, re, I have received the heart of God. So today, tonight really is our focus. I'm speaking about you and I'm speaking about me. I'm speaking about us to possess the heart of God. That it's not just something way up there beyond the clouds. It's actually being conveyed into your heart. And it's back and forth to God tonight as we're speaking with Him tonight. Let's just look at harvest time together in 1964. Brother Branham said, what if Moses would have come bringing Noah's message? It wouldn't have worked. It couldn't. No. What if Jesus would have come bringing Moses' message? It wouldn't have worked. What if we come trying to bring the Methodist message or the Baptist message or the Pentecostal message? It wouldn't work. They were fine and prove that in a minute. He said by the word they were all right in their age, but that age is gone. We got to find out what the scripture says for today. This day. That's what man is to live by for his age. I believe the bride is keenly interested. What's the heart of God? He said he tried to find a man that would live the whole word. And the first thing he did, he tried Noah. And Noah failed him and got drunk and he failed. Moses, that great, uh, mighty masterpiece of God, he tried him and he failed. He glorified himself and wasn't permitted to go into the promised land. Watch Brother Branham bringing the Old Testament. Now he's coming. He's going to come into Jesus in just a moment. Then came David, that he was going to reflect his great millennium in David. And he was going to show what his king was. And God swear by David and he would raise up his son to sit on his throne. And David was such a gallant man till he was a man Thank you, Brother Joe. He was a man after God's own heart. Oh, that, there's the key right there. David was a man after God's own heart. So the bride hears that and says, give me a heart like thine. Give me a heart like that. And David was good. He smote all the Philistines and tore down the altars and stayed with the word. Finally, a pretty woman upset him and he broke the commandment, lost the word and committed adultery. See, a man after his own heart. See, still David failed him. Moses failed him. All the rest of them failed him. But all their lives were just reflection of the one that was to come. That was Jesus. And all that was in God, he poured into Christ. And that Christ has been poured into us as a body. Not just the individual, but the body of Jesus Christ possesses the heart of God. And as individuals, we possess the heart of God. I mentioned this quote the last time we spoke. I just wanted to bring it uh, so we weren't just paraphrasing. Brother Branham said in Phoenix, the thing that surprises me is the grace of God. I said, I have exhausted his mercy many times, but I never can exhaust his grace. And I'm so glad about that. Can anybody rejoice with me tonight? 
You say, mercy rewrote my life and His mercies are new every morning. But I've exhausted His mercy many times. But I can never exhaust His grace. Praise God. What a heavenly Father that came to us and and gave us of this mercy. I'm just continuing on here in this great conflict between God and Satan. Brother Branham spoke of that and said, Jesus said, Heavens and earth will pass away, but my word shall never fail. I appreciated Brother Laycock's prayer tonight, how we're hanging on to the word of God. We see the world is falling apart tonight, but the word will never fail us. The bride's holding on to that. Our hearts have been turned. Praise God. That's the best weapon there is. It's the word of the eternal God. Now, what is the word of God? The Word of God is God Himself. So God gave the believer Himself. He said, it's God Himself. My, my, my. Last Sunday we went down to Seattle. And just coming back, we was hoping to get back up north before after 10 o'clock so we could see some of the fireworks in Canada. And sure enough, we drove into Blaine and I was able to see, I think, one big firework. And that was the end of the fireworks in White Rock. Oh, my. Here the world, they're, they're blowing up their fireworks. And even tonight, uh, the, the, the 4th of July, they'll be sending off their flares and, and it'll be going up in smoke. But for the believer, we realize that our freedom isn't just something past. Even the new generation doesn't really know what the fighters before have fought for to give us this freedom. I know that we're not of Canada or of America uh, spiritually, but we are thankful tonight that we live in a free country. I feel it's worth to say that tonight, whether you're Canadian or U.S. or just live in these countries. We're thankful that we can praise God tonight, that we can worship and lift up our voice. Shout hallelujah if we want to. Hallelujah. Say, God, I love you, Jesus. Praise God. The Word has come to us. He gave the believer himself to attack the enemy by. In other words, he's the Father and the Word is God. Then the Word is our Father. I came from the Word. That's why I love the Word. That's why you respond to the Word at your season of your life. Because you came from God. He's my Father. That's why you love Him. That's why I love Him. That's why we love one another. And the Word is God. Then the Word is our Father. We're born by the Word. And He's standing in the forefront for His children. Amen. There you are. He's standing out there for His children. What are we scared about? The rapture shore. The coming shore. Every blessing that's been promised is ours. All belongs to us. If you're an eagle tonight on this Wednesday and you needed a little, a word of a, a word as Brother Laycock prayed in his prayer and you needed a special word, here's your word tonight. Your blessings in the word. It all belongs to us. I'm speaking to you the heart of God. If we kind of slack up and Satan say, come right over on this side and I'll reason that out with you. Oh, you got from behind Father then, see. Don't you do that. You stay right where Father stands. Right where it stands and say, thus saith Father. Now he's going a little deeper, see. Thus saith my Father. Thus saith my Father. We need a personal revelation. 
It's not just the preacher or the song leader now. We're digging in. It's you as a believer saying, the Word is my Father. The Word's eternal, and it never had a beginning, and it'll never had an end. So we're holding to that unchanging hand. Tonight, He's my Father. No matter how your earthly father treated you, or your earthly life, what you've gone through, our Heavenly Father just made up the difference. Praise be to His name. He's my Father, and I'm holding on to every word tonight. I just feel His presence tonight. He wants to reassure somebody, as we read in, in, in the book of John, that it would assure your heart and give you confidence. And if your heart condemns you, He's greater than your heart. It's like the Word standing on your behalf. No matter what Satan's trying to feed your mind, God knows all about that. And in this great conflict and pull, and Satan's pulling one way and the Word's pulling another way. We ought to rejoice at that and grab a hold of that and come under that blessing. That is my Father speaking. It's going to defeat Him as sure as the world. It's got to. But when we get out from behind that like Eve did, the battle's lost. Now poor Eve, she listened and she lost her place. Amen. Lord, we want to possess your heart tonight. Let's turn to 1 Samuel 13. I don't want to belinger the meeting tonight, but as we go back to the Old Testament, we're going to go back to 1 Samuel just for one verse. And then pick up Brother Paul in the book of Acts, going back to this very verse and speaking about the heart. How the Lord is seeking after those that have a heart, after His own heart. And He'll allow things to go on maybe for months or even years, but there comes a time when God says, I want a bride after my own heart. 1 Samuel 13, verse 14. Samuel, I don't have time to give the background here, but Samuel was speaking to Saul. I just remembered our foreign translator, so I slow down tonight. Amen. 1 Samuel 13, verse 14. Samuel speaking to Saul. But now thy kingdom shall not continue. The Lord hath sought him a man after his own heart. Or someone that would have the heart of God. Saul had been there for 40 years. And it was time for someone that had the heart of God. The Lord has sought him a man after his own heart. And the Lord hath commanded him to be a captain over his people because thou hast not kept that which the Lord commanded thee. My, what a word. What a sentence to, to Saul. Head and shoulders above everyone else in the message. But God wasn't looking at that. He was looking for the heart. Let's go to Acts 13 now as we... Are coming now into Brother Saul, or Brother Paul, I'm sorry. Well, it was Saul, changed to Paul. I just caught that myself. Praise the Lord. Saul in the Old Testament was being turned away from, and a man called Paul, whose name was Saul, but had been changed, is now bringing a message in Antioch, Acts 13, verse 21. As you hear the word tonight, ask the Lord to put his heart within your heart. Ask him to put his thoughts about the matter that you're praying about. Just put it in your heart. 
because we're going to get into some things in a few minutes. You're ordained to do what you do. We're not just haphazardly going through July 2018 now. God's put everything in line like a row of dominoes and, and we're not falling, but we're going up. So that in July now, as we turn into this season, as I was just hearing the messages lately, God is trying to give you his heart. He's trying to show you what he feels about that. Acts 13, verse 21, and afterward, this is Paul speaking about Saul, afterward they desired a king. And God gave unto them Saul, the son of Sis, a man of the tribe of Benjamin, by the space of 40 years. And when he had removed him, he raised up unto them David to be their king, to whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after mine own heart, which shall fulfill all my will. So tonight, if you bring this verse into your experience, you can only fulfill the heart of God when you follow after God's heart. We see this clearly in Saul, that even though 40 years he had been a leader, God was removing him. Look in verse 22. We could speak a whole service on this. But it's God that puts people in position. God removed Saul. And he raised up David. And then he gave a testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after mine own heart. This person is following my heart. They think like me. When they sin, they repent. It wasn't that David was just perfect. It was when he realized he was wrong and he was approached by a prophet about it, he humbled himself. And that's Old Testament. Even Brother Branham picked this up and talked about David failing God, but they were pointing to Jesus, pointing to something greater. We're past even the New Testament and the ages. We're looking back saying all that was in the Old and in Jesus and in the ages, now it's the heart of God for us. Possess the heart of God. Not just the, the, the mind or the intellect of, of just the message, but now come into the heart of it. I have found David. He was a man after God's own heart to fulfill his will. Bring that into your heart tonight. You say, does God have a heart? Or if he had a heart, what would it be like? We're seeing that in the bride of Christ. You've heard that phrase, that person has no heart. That means they live their life. It's not that they don't have a heart beating. It means how they're living. They're like they're living without a heart. They have no real feeling. They have no, in Brother Branham's word, sympathy or compassion. They have no thought of the will of God on the matter. But I'm so thankful that in this generation, when people were heartless, God put his heart back into us. It was like a heart transplant. Ezekiel said, I'll give you a new heart. And if that's not good enough, I'll give you my heart. I'll give you my heart. That is the heart of God about the matter. The message was God's way of returning back to this generation and giving you a heart again. Giving believers something to, to fly with, to anoint your life. Even from a little girl and a little boy, when you didn't understand, now you're beginning to understand. And he's putting you in the driver's seat 
and throwing you to the keys now. Hallelujah. He's giving you the keys. He's saying, go live your life and I want to speak my word through you. I love this tonight. I, I don't know who sings the song. I think it's a young sister that sings the song, A Heart Like Thine is My Desire. A heart like mine is what I long for. I, I don't know who sings that song, but I've heard that uh, song special before. A heart like thine is my desire. Who, who's heard, heard a song like that before? A heart like thine is what I long for. A heart like yours. Who are we talking about tonight? About Jesus. We're talking about the heart of God. Like, like His Word, His nature, His life. A heart like yours, Lord. Give me a heart like thine. I just say amen tonight as I hear these things on the heart of God. Then Jesus said, Then whatsoever you shall ask in prayer believing, you shall receive it. Because now you have the heart of God. He said that in John 16. Here too have you asked nothing in my name. Ask. I'm encouraging you. He said like the Father speaking. The Father speaking saying, Before now you haven't asked anything in my name. But ask, and you shall receive, that your joy may be full. I want my family happy. I'm speaking on behalf of the Father tonight. He's saying to us, I want my family happy. I want them around the table pleased and nodding their head and responding at the dinner table. Not everybody on their iPhone, cell phone, looking for, you know, gobbling up our food to get out of here. But around the table, we love to fellowship. We love to communicate. Praise God. It's the heart of God. We've been ordained for this. Last Sunday night in, in, in Renton, I'll just give this little testimony about how it's so good for us to uh, just, when we pray to the Lord, that He hears our prayer. Sunday afternoon, we're driving down on I-5 south, and we passed an accident that had just happened. Just happened a few minutes ago. We could see that the ambulances and police weren't even there yet. And someone had driven off into the middle. And you could see that there were cars here and there. And the traffic was just starting to pile up. And little to find out a few days later, that was in Marysville, that someone actually drove on the wrong side of the highway. They were drunk, intoxicated, drove on the wrong side of the highway. And people were killed in an accident. And here we are traveling down to the service on this side and just bypass that accident. We ought to thank God every day that God's preserved us. Are you thankful tonight that don't take it for granted that we're around people that love the Lord. We hear cursing and swearing and hear the news and it's just horrible what Satan, how he deals with his family. How he tears apart his own world and rapes it of its virtues and rapes it of its oil and gases. And, and here's the believers going right down through our little uh, direction. And God's bypassing this and giving you his heart. He's giving you his, his feeling on the matter. If you don't mind me saying that, it's, it's giving the way he thinks about that. And it's just so wonderful that we can find out a few days later that God preserved our lives. It could have been our side of the highway that that drunk driver came and went our way. But God preserved us. Oh, you say, that don't mean much to me. It means something to us. Last Saturday, I was driving to the airport with my wife. And we were driving again on, on I-5. And, and there was cars slowing down. And 
I hope you don't mind a little testimony now and then in the service because it gives us heart. You realize that we can't just go through life without heart. And it had just happened on the other side of the highway there near Ferndale. And, and, and there was a, a, a truck was smashed up and things all over the highway. And, and they were given a heart a CPR. Someone was giving, trying to bring a man back to life. And he was many, many feet from his truck, been throwing and things all over the highway. And it had just happened. People are stopping and crossing the medium. And I, I don't know if that man made it out alive. I tried to find out later. But we ought to be grateful, friends, that that could have been us. That could be you tonight. Could have been a prayer request of one of our believers taken this week. And, and we're just so thankful that God preserves you. It might not mean something to you unless it happens to you. Or you get a, get a message and you have to go to a hospital or meet a family that's been something's taken. You know, this generation has become heartless. They've lost affection, feeling for one another. It's not that they don't have a heart, but they've lost love. Even the common love between one another. Because their stars are like that. Their movie stars are like that. There's no way that one person, one man, shooting a ball in a hoop is worth $150 million. There's no way that one person is worth that. But it's what the world has put value on their gods. And they trade them around like they're just nothing. All it is, it's tickets and money and, and popularity. And right in the middle of that's a bride saying, I bypass that. The Lord preserved me. If it hadn't been for the word, I'd be going down that way. You'd be drunk on it tonight. You'd be home on a Wednesday night just drinking up television. And finding out later the very stars that they're watching has, has mishandled one another. And you realize they have no heart. It's the almighty dollar. And they pay hush money and they'll do whatever it takes to, because they've lost heart. They've taken the heart out of the people. And people find out that later about their leaders and it seems to take away something out of their heart. This world is in a serious CPR class tonight. And Satan's trying to bring it back to life and say, we're okay, we're okay. And it's on the very brink of falling apart. Thank God for a word. I thank you, Lord, Wednesday, Sunday, through the week, we can be tapped into another channel. That just in a few minutes, just a word come out there to... God loves His family. He's the father of the family. Maybe I'll just jump right ahead to this quote that I was going to use at the end of the service. But Brother Branham in the Hebrew series, this goes right, right along with Brother Tom's messages and Brother Michael's service last Wednesday about perfection. And he says, here's where life is, this perfection. He that heareth my words and believeth on him that sent me has everlasting life and shall never come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. And I'll give him everlasting life and raise him up in the last days. All the Father has given me will come to me and none of them will be lost. Lord, clear away the fog of somebody's mind tonight. Let their hearts be assured. He's taken away the condemnation that Satan would put around your heart. This came to me Sunday morning before the service while I was in prayer. You might think that you are kind of living under the radar. 
You that know military know they have radar, radar. Even airplanes have, and they send out things like a radar. You might think as a person you're living under the radar, like nobody sees and nobody knows. But God knows all about that. God wants to give you a new heart and change that. You're not living under the radar. God knows all about it. Say, he's not concerned. Or, my God, he, you know, he doesn't know. God knows. Say, well, what are his thoughts about me? Thoughts of peace. We carry this little tablet even to a little BCA, little awards program. And little children get up to sing about God's plan and that it's good. And a little minister, I didn't even have my pen. I just reached over with my pen. My finger and wrote a note about that. And this afternoon, it was lodged down into my heart. God's plan for you is good. To bring you an expected end. You say, that's so childish. No, I guarantee some of you older ones have come to a, a change in your own life. And you need to hear things like that. That it's a good plan. It's great to be a Christian tonight. To serve God is the best thing you could ever do. To give your heart to God and Him to give you His heart is the greatest transfer that could have ever happened. If you're backslid tonight, give your heart back to God. If you're cold and wayward and it doesn't matter how many years, could have been 30 years. I'm so thankful for Brother Daniel Diaz's testimony. Baptized last Sunday. He went back to the very Sunday that Brother Tom had used the scripture in Matthew 9, 9. Come, follow me. And three years later, she remembered that, that service. He remembered who spoke, who was here. He remembered that his sister Stephanie had texted him in the morning and reminded him, you're going to come to church today. Yeah, that's right. I got to come to church today. It's Mother's Day. And by the end of the service, he's right down here giving his heart to the Lord and following on. Say, Brother John, it took three years. Well, some, some might be immediate and some might take a little time, but they will come. We ought to rest tonight that all of those that God has given to himself will come. Just rest on that tonight. Just nail that down. All that the Father have given me will come. Can I just continue on? I know Sunday morning we spoke a little bit about Brother uh, Daniel's testimony. But there was a man at his work. His name is Jeff. That's not even a believer. Not even a Christian. And Brother, Brother Andrew Rivas was in my office on the Tuesday, I believe it was, and, and mentioned that testimony. Here's a man that lives, that works with Brother Daniel uh, Diaz. That's not even a believer. Jeff. And he said, if there ever in this whole world I've seen a person change, it's Daniel Diaz. To know that what he used to be and what he is now, that's before he was rebaptized, by the way. He said, if there's ever been a person that has changed, it's Daniel Diaz. You say, what did that? The heart of the Father. The Word washed. The Word filled. The Word set aside. His brother Michael sang tonight a wonderful song. I've given Brother Michael Diaz's testimony around the world. In Poland, in Louisiana, at other youth meetings. I'll take it to Africa in a few weeks. 
It's a testimony of young men that are affected by the Word. And when they hear the Word, their hearts are changed. Praise be to God. God's interested in all of you, in your situation. So Brother Branham goes on to say, to speak about this. People think that that makes people loose. When we speak about uh, these things, about how that God's not going to lose one and and that you can't be lost, and you're ordained. And Brother Branham said, people think that that makes people live loose. He said, brother, you don't serve God under a frown of a serpent. God is not one of those guys with a black snake whip driving you around. Amen. My father doesn't treat me like that. He's not a guy with a black snake whip driving us around, telling us where we're wrong all the time. Correction's good, but there needs to be love. And a real father responds to his family in love. I encourage all of you and your families this summer, connect back with your children. Connect back to your children. It can be a time when they're used to school every day and now they've got a couple months of freedom. And you say, well, what are they doing? And someone would say, I don't know. It's time to connect back with them. A real father isn't one that is walking around with a frown like a serpent all the time in the house with a whip driving you around. Brother Branham said, he's a father. He's love. God is love. And he that loveth is of God. In other words, the heart of my father came into us. The heart of the word came into you. I was uh, listening to that message in the Hebrews. I'm trying to just find it here. About being ordained. I was listening to it. Actually, we spoke Sunday night on it in Seattle about an ordained product. Of God's sovereign grace. Brother Branham actually made that statement in the Hebrews. He said, that's how it is with Christ. When a man is born of the Spirit of God. I tell you, he loves him. He walks by him. Every day he walks. He's an ordained product of God's sovereign grace. And when I heard that, I just stopped the tape and wrote that down. You are ordained of God. That's what a prophet said. That means... You have been intended, something designed by God. You've been pre-planned by God. You've been predestined by God. It will happen. So to hear a prophet come that literally turned the hearts of the children to say that you are an ordained product. I know there's a lot of businessmen and women here, but when we talk about a product, it means something that's produced. So if I've been ordained, By God, and I'm a product by God, that means I've been created and made and sought out by God. That causes a believer to rejoice. I've been uh, an ordained product of God's sovereign grace. Remember, you can exhaust His mercy, but you can't exhaust His grace. That's when they said, oh, you preach like that, you're going to make everything loose. And Brother Branham went quite the contrary. He said, God's not running around with a whip over us. He speaks these things to us. 
And then just two paragraphs later, I hope this is good for us. I'm going to let you go in a few minutes. As you walk with the Lamb each day, your steps are ordained of God what to do. As you walk with the Lamb each day, your steps are ordained of God. Your next step is ordained. That means it's intended. It's predestined. God's interested. You say, oh, I don't believe that. Well, come into the Spirit and you'll begin to realize, yes, my steps are ordained of God, comma, what to do. So what should I do in this situation? It's ordained of God. The heart of God being transferred into the believer, what to do, how to do it, the attitude about it. I know some of your minds are spinning right now. That has to do with everything about your life. You ordained to do what you do. Praise be to God. When I heard that, that just nailed it right in there, Brother Ray. My steps are ordained of God. Then, Lord, what is your next step for me? Reveal it to our hearts. How you think about this matter. Forgive me, but sometimes even this last week, I've, I prayed about that, about a very serious matter. You say, it's none of your business. Well, I prayed about it anyway. Say, that's over your head. Well, I prayed about it anyway. I said, Lord, what do you think about this? I mean, here I am, your lowly little servant, you know, next to nothing, nobody, Brother John, but how do you think about this? I'm not going to tell you what I was praying about either. Amen. But hallelujah. You say, that's over your head. That's not even your calling. Well, I ask him anyway. And if he don't want to tell me, that's just fine with me. I'm his son and he can do whatever he wants to me. If he never talks to me again, I'm going to go on a body change. I might ask him over there, why didn't you talk to me the last year or two? But uh, 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 he's my father. And he said enough to me to make it. All you say about what are these other decisions in life and university and relationships or college or where, where to move or whatever. God's interested. Stop leaving him out of the decision. Why are you avoiding the very ones that can help you the most? Then you come back later and say, well, I really want God to bless me in this decision. You never talked to him about it. You never included him. He wants to be involved. He loves you. Forgive me, but sometimes people, even in denominations, can pick up on inspirations. And they wrote a song, He's a Good, Good Father. He is a good, good father. And the person that sang that and wrote that probably is not part of the bride of Christ. I believe they're saved, but it's a denominational person. It's the bride that can say, I have a good, good father. Hope you're not offended with that. Amen. The bride goes deeper. Oh, the trials and testings that we go through. He said, do you have testings? <laughs> Brother Branham asked the question, do you have testings? Do you have testings? Do you have trials? Your steps are ordained of God. So before we close, let me just give you a couple examples about a tender heart. A tender heart and keeping a sensitive heart. This has been in my notes for the last three services. These next examples. A heart of God in a person will stay tender 
It'll stay sensitive. Satan's job is to get you hardened. I want you to see how it happened. Brother Branham's bringing this in Jeffersonville to his home church and how he said, if a member makes a mistake, don't turn him down. Help him. Raise him up. Get together. Have a hearing with one another. That's what the scripture said. When we make a mistake, let's go before God. Before we can go before God, we've got to go before the person we hurt. Then he said, I just had to do that. I know that I did wrong. I'm I'm trying to bring you an example of a heart of the Father through the prophet. Remember Old Testament, Jesus, New Testament. Could talk about the ages, but now here's Brother Branham. Here's an example of the heart. How he said, I did wrong. I lied and caused my wife to lie. It was a few days, not long ago, about six weeks ago, and the attorneys had me so tore up over this investigation till I hardly knew what I was, where I was at. And I went home from the office to eat dinner, and the private phone number rang, and Mita went to answer the phone and put her hand over it and said, it's them attorneys again. I said, I couldn't stand another evening. My heart feels like it's, it's going off. I'm losing my mind, just pulling me this way and that way and this way. I said, I can't stand it. And I jumped up and I said, tell them I'm not in here. And I run around behind the house. And when I come back in, he said, Mita's very conscious of those things. She met me at the door half crying and said, Bill, was that the right thing to do? He said, you know how you are. I know how I am. He said, I I said, sure, I wasn't in here right then. But I knew God had condemned me for it. I said, I wasn't in here right then. (laughs) So the phone rings. It's them attorneys again. He jumps up, runs around. Tell him I'm not in here. So by the time she said he's not in here, he probably was around the house. I knew God had condemned me for it. I'm talking about the heart. I'm not off my subject. This has been on our hearts for over a month now. God had condemned him for it. I said, I wasn't in there right then. I said, she said, but you was in here when he made the call. And that afternoon I went to pray for a sick baby. And before I left the house, the phone rang again. And little Joseph run over. That's his, his little boy run over and took a hold of the phone and said, Daddy, you want me to tell them you're not here? And Brother Branham said, you see how sin corrupts? What a family that would finally be? I'll be real honest with you. There's people waking up and that's what their family is. Because this is just nothing but a little white lie. I wasn't in here. And their heart gets so hardened Get so hardened. But here's a man that was sensitive. His own son saying, Daddy, you want me to tell him you're not here? And Brother Branham said, you see what a family that would finally be. How sin corrupts. Then he refers back to our scripture that we read in 1 John 3, 21. If our hearts condemn us not, then we have confidence in God. But if our hearts condemn us, he said, how can we have confidence in God? As long as we got sin that's not confessed, he'll never hear us. He said, that's strong, but the church needs these things. So this has been on my heart for these weeks. 
Then I started to pray for this baby, he said. And when I started to lay my hands on it, the Lord rebuked me and said, You told a lie, and you ain't fit to pray for that baby. I turned away from the man. I said, Sir, just you wait here. I've got something to make right. I called the attorney, and I went down to the office, and I called him in, and I said, Look, sir, I, I told a lie. And I had my wife to lie. She said, I wasn't in there. And I run out behind the house. I confessed it and told him about it. He walked up and put his hands on my shoulder. He said, Brother Branham, I've always had confidence in you, but I got more than ever now. A man, he said, that's willing to make his right his wrongs. I want to give this example tonight to maybe somebody that's just waffling about maybe if you should make something right or will I get fired or maybe that sister will think less of me here. Maybe that brother will think less of me. No, quite the contrary. They'll think more of you. And I told him. Now Brother Branham's talking to this attorney. I, say, I started to pray for a baby. He's talking to an unbeliever. I started to pray for a baby and the Lord was just condemning my heart, my heart, because I knew I had done wrong. Then the next day, the wife said, where are you going? I said to my cave. Now, this deserves more time. But what I'm trying to bring to you tonight is the heart of God had been put into a son of God. And that's how he cared about his life. He was sensitive. So he made it right with... The attorney, his wife knew about it, but he said, I've got to go to my cave. And he went up into his cave in Charlestown there where I've been going for years. And I got in there and I prayed all day. Oh, God, don't never let me do a thing like that again. Now, a lot of us would have brushed that under the carpet and said, I wasn't in there then. And, you know, and here he's going, he's crossing everything and from, from the healing of a baby to his wife to an attorney. Now he's personal, spending a whole day in prayer. I pray God would give us that kind of a heart. Speaking about a sensitive heart. Lord, you forgive me. I'll never do a thing like that. Forgive me for when I start to put my hands on that sick people to pray, then I was condemned. And along about 3 o'clock in the evening, I come out and there's a big rock that lays out there. And I got on that rock and was looking towards the east with my hands up, praising the Lord. And it was just so quiet in there. And I said, Lord, one time you passed by Moses. And he said it was when you had him in the cleft of the rock. And it looked like the back part of a man. I said, could you do it again, Lord, and let me know I'm forgiven? And I said, if you'll help me and come on my mind, I said, Lord, I'm not very strong mentally because I've no education. I said, I'm trying to serve you. You know my heart, and I oughtn't to have done that. I didn't mean to do that. My head just felt like it was coming off and I was so nervous. And I'd done it in a catch of a moment when Satan caught me. I said, if you'd forgive me, let me see you then, Lord. And God being my judge right over there on my side, a little place, the bushes begin to whirl like a wind. And it come right down along the side of the cave where I was and went down through the woods. Oh, brother. 
a peace that passes all understanding swept over me and I cried and I wept and I shouted. That's what a heart of God, when it comes into the believer, will cause you to be sensitive. And then when that peace comes behind forgiveness, that peace that passes understanding, it'll cause a weeping again. It'll cause a crying and a shouting. I know my sins were forgiven me and I was disunified with God. I couldn't have deliverance for the baby. I pray God give our church, our families more deliverances. But it's going to take hearts that are willing to stay humble, stay sensitive, and not just brush things under the carpet and say, oh, it's not so serious. When God said it was serious, God said you lied. God said you're not fit to pray for the baby. A lot of us would ride right over that. Oh, my, Brother Branham, there's another example I'll have to say for another time, but a man was wanting to be healed, and they couldn't find what it was. And Brother Branham went back into his life when he was an altar boy in a Catholic church, and he began to see something in this man's life. He said the Holy Spirit went back through his life and called out something he'd done when he was an altar boy in the Catholic church. And he said, that's the truth. That's the honest truth. He said, do you mean that was against me? I said, that's the only shadow that I can see in your life. And he went back and told the doctor and said, all right, get things together now. We'll have the operation. The doctor said, well, we'll check that old ticker again. That was the doctor talking about the man's heart because he had a lot of heart problems. He said, okay, the man finally said, okay, we'll have the operation. The doctor said, let's check that old ticker again. And when he looked into it, he said, you don't need the operation. Because the Holy Spirit went back in the man's life and brought something to the surface. And it was dealt with, and God healed the man's natural heart. I say, God, give us a spiritual heart, a natural heart. Restore unto us, Lord. If our hearts condemn us, he said, we want complete deliverance. Who would like a quote for that? He said, we don't want to be a halfway church. Brother Branham's bringing it in total deliverance right now to the Branham Tabernacle. We don't want a halfway church. We want to be a real church or no church at all. I know we're established at Cloverdale Bible Way, but that's a good line for us. We want to be a real church or no church at all. And I'll say it to any other group of believers that are wondering about your situation or your leadership or where you're at, don't be a halfway church. Be a real church or no church at all. Say, we want the Holy Ghost. We want the Word. We want to go in the rapture. We're not going to go halfway. We want to be real Christians or no Christians at all. We want total deliverance from our habits, from our sins, from our evil thinking, for our evil doing, from our negligence, whatever we've done, we want total deliverance. So here's the reason why. So when people come into this church to be prayed for, there'll be just this little group, maybe he said not over a hundred or two sitting here, but they'll be completely in the hands of God. And when we pray, God will hear from heaven. Amen. He said God wants somebody that he can hold in his hands. Somebody that he can say, I've got confidence in them. I can send this, my sick servant, to the Branham Tabernacle in Jeffersonville, and that group of people are of one accord. Something will happen. Can he say that about our church? 
that some tired, sickly sister or brother could be sent to us. And we're of one mind and one accord. And we can pray together. And God will restore them back. Let's stand to our feet tonight. Amen. God, give us a sensitive heart. Give us a tender heart, Lord. Who would just be honest tonight and say, Lord, give me more of a sensitive heart. A tender heart. When we come to the end of our life and all is well. Give me a heart like that, Jesus. Give me a heart that would be sensitive, Lord, and be able to go back and make that right. Heavenly Father, we lift our hands up at the close of this service, Lord. Just maybe not an ordinary meeting. Just maybe scattered a little bit. But Lord, give all of us here from the front to the back, the balcony, into the nursery. I pray the heart of God would drop down into us, Jesus. The mind of Christ that knows what you want done and in our situations, in our families, in our needs, in our individual placings, Jesus. So that we as a body, you could do great exploits. Lord, we raise our hands in sincerity and pray that your forgiveness, repentance, and also the strength of experience would flow through this body as we come into the summer now. And, and Lord, that you would just give us strength and patience with one another and our families as we'll be spending more time with one another and around one another or going on a little trip or spending time with family, that the atmosphere around us would be the heart of God. Lord, we want to possess that, Jesus. Give us a heart like thine, a heart like yours, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. I receive it, Lord. I receive it, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for the good news. Thank you, Lord, that we can go on. Hallelujah, hallelujah. In everything, give him thanks, Brother Benjamin. Sing this before we go and just praise him. Just feel like he deserves it. A good father. In everything, let's sing it. In everything. Just worship him before you go. Thank you, Jesus. Give you all the praise. Praises. Oh, we can lift these hands, lift our hearts to you.
are capturing this service right now. I was able to see some of you in the pre-service and the singing, but I, just before we go, let's let the devil recognize we're going to praise the Lord. Good times, bad times, whatever times, we love our Father. Whether I understand it all, whether it's all together, or maybe it's being torn apart, and you, you don't know where it's going from here, we give God praise. Brother Branham felt like his mind was going, didn't know what was happening. I want to give you another example. His first wife, Hope, as she's just coming to the end of her life, laying in a, in a place that he had went through floodwaters to try to find her. You remember the one thing on her mind. Her heart was so tender and sensitive. You remember what she thought about? Something had happened years before when Brother Branham had went to a store when they were going to a meeting and she needed some stockings. And being a man and not knowing, it was Rayon Chiffon, Rayon Chiffon, and hello, Brother Branham, hello, Brother Bill, and Rayon Chiffon, Rayon Chiffon. What kind of style was that, Rayon Chiffon? He goes into the store and, and, and meets the young lady that, that knew them and said, uh, um, it, it's, um, yeah, that's what she wants. She wants Rayon. That's what she wants. Sounds like Chiffon to me, Rayon Chiffon. I said, that's what she wants. She said, she don't want Rayon. I said, that's what she wants. So she went and got them. This was the, school, the storekeeper. She went and got them. It was only 20-something cents. Well, I said, give me two pairs of them. She said, are you sure of that? I said, that's what she wants. So I took them up there. You know how brothers like to show off to their women, you know? And I said, a little giddish. She said, she said, did you get me chiffon stockings? I said, yes. That was what the good kind was. I said, yes, ma'am. That's what I got. She was lady enough, talking about his sister Hope, she was lady enough not to tell me about it. And when she got to Fort Wayne, I thought it was strange she had to go get another pair of stockings. But what it was, now his wife is laying, just getting ready to pass over. And she's wanting to make something right. I've got one thing I've got to share with you. Say, what is it? Do you remember that time? She said, what it was, honey, I didn't want to tell you. She was too much of a lady then, Brother Branham said. said, I had to give them to your mother. It was for an older person. said, I'm sorry I kept it back from you, but I just couldn't tell you. That was something that was so on her heart that she had given them to somebody else because they were for older women she had to go buy other stockings and that was the biggest thing on her heart I thought God help us most of us would have brushed that under the carpet we never would have had a second thought about that in fact we wouldn't have probably been a lady or man about it we would have said oh these stockings this is the wrong one and no she was a lady when I hear things like that I say God give us that kind of a heart that's the one thing when she came down to the river she said, honey, I never told you about that. And Brother Branham said, God bless your heart, sweetheart. I tell you, when you make things right, it brings restoration. It brings a good spirit. May the Lord grant to each one of you the heart of God. God bless you, Heavenly Father.
in this season when both Canada and the United States celebrating their freedom with days off and holidays. On a Wednesday night, we're remembering the price you paid for us, the cost. And we're asking for your heart in these matters. We're asking for your mind, for your spirit upon every believer, every individual tonight. May you give them a heart like thine. Lord, that would, as I heard your prophet say today, and it just so shook me. It's amazing. He said, if you would just do that, it would solve all of your problems. I thought, that's incredible. Just a heart given to God. We go with this word on our hearts tonight. Not just in our lips, but on our heart that we love you. And we thank you, Heavenly Father. We thank you for one another, Lord, as we drive down the highways and down little roads and we see accidents and tragedies. It brings to our hearts how life is serious and life is short. I pray we'd be more thankful for one another. Hold one another up in prayer. And these couple illustrations we gave about Sister Hope or Brother Branham and his wife and his own son. Let it go deeper than just hearing sermons. Let us take it now into our lives and live it. We thank you, Father. Even if some desire to linger, may the heart of God drop down into their bosom and all of us, Jesus. As the days go by and the world hardens and gets more chaotic and more hell-bent, more tribulation-ready, we find ourselves putting on your word more and more and being changed, being more and of oddballs to this world, Lord, this system that we live in is so worldly. I pray, God, your heart keeps us holy, keeps us pure, keeps us clean, keeps us sanctified, keeps us justified, keeps us filled, Jesus, keeps us in action. Go with us now, Lord. Bless your people. We commit them to you, Lord, under this token. In Jesus' name, we thank you. Amen. God bless you. Turn around and shake hands with somebody. You're dismissed. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Drive safely tonight.